For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Ah, yes. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie K. Thanks for tuning in. This is part one of a many-part sequence of podcasts where we'll talk Broncos and potential draft picks, particularly at the quarterback position, as, of course, that one so polarizing. But first, talk about our friends at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, 70 Colorado beers on tap, 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Go check out the website for the menu and all the great stuff at Tap 14 has. Spell out the website. That's tap14.com. Tap 14, 14 spelled out, tap14.com. Great rooftop views and Chef Taylor Creedon's American Alpine Fair. The, the beautiful thing about it, locally sourced, of course, great locally sourced here in Colorado, but rotates seasonally as well, too. So it doesn't get boring. It doesn't get bland. You're going to see new things that you can try. Rotate seasonally that menu from Chef Taylor Creedon. And then, of course, well, <laughs> those 100 Colorado distilled spirits, personal fave of mine. Tap 14. Check them out on the web, tap14.com. First quarterback prospect that we will take a look at is Sam Darnold out of uh, Capistrano, California. Say that five times fast. Uh, near the Anaheim area, just south of there, I believe. The expected to be picked in the top five, potentially six, to see him slip to five or six would be stunning. So this is a guy, if you're the Denver Broncos, as of now, look like you would have to trade up to get. That's how good this cat is. Uh, grew up playing basketball. Very good at basketball as well, too. Uh, probably could have had a career there playing in the Pac-12, uh, potentially uh, in other uh, power conferences as well, too. Uh, but he also played football growing up as well, too. High school, wide receiver, linebacker at the time. His quarterback at his high school got hurt, and that's when he played quarterback. Now, he actually did pretty well and uh, transitioned to quarterback. And uh, said, you know what? He's pretty darn good at this, too. He's mobile, big body, big arm, uh, 6'4", 225. And I mentioned him being so young, too. 20 years old right now, 20-year-old sophomore, and and is one of the more pure passers. You're going to hear that word, pure passer, when talked about with Sam Darnold and some of the other quarterbacks in this draft class because he throws the ball so naturally. He has a release and emotion that is, it just, it looks natural and it feels right. And and it's certainly a quick release and it's given him um, great success at USC that we'll talk about here in just a little bit. Of course, a Rose Bowl win, uh, a Archie Griffin Award winner in 2016, Pac-12 Offensive Freshman of the Year in 2016 as well too he had a tremendous freshman year uh where he threw for 300 uh, or excuse me 3,000 yards uh plus and then of course the 31 touchdowns to only nine interceptions now those numbers changed a little bit 
in his sophomore year. I'll get to that here in a second. But of course, it's going to be interesting to watch him as a pro because he has to shake that reputation. And that reputation is the USC quarterbacks in the pro ranks. You rattle off the name. Cody Kessler, Matt Barkley, uh, John David Booty, Mark Sanchez, Matt Leinart. I mean, really the most successful quarterback to come out of USC in the past, what, 30-so years? Carson Palmer, who for a majority of the first half of his career struggled. Now battled injury as well, too. But it is going to be interesting to see how Sam Darnold plays out. And and I mentioned earlier how his freshman year, he came out kind of like gangbusters and really lit the uh, college football world on fire. 67% completion percentage dropped to 63, but he did throw for more yards as he was relied upon more physically threw the ball just way more, almost 125 plus more times between his freshman year to his sophomore year. His touchdowns went down. He threw five less touchdowns and threw more interceptions. So, Overall, not the most ideal sophomore year, but there are reasons why. And it's because they lost a lot of talent. And uh, T. Martin, the offensive coordinator, uh, back in October, had a quote. He said, newsflash, we lost a lot of good players in the NFL when asked uh, uh, about the offensive struggles. Now, to give you an idea of what they lost... They lost their, uh, Darnold lost his left tackle and his right tackle, who had 80-plus starts between the two. Both of them All-American first teams. Both of them co-offensive linemen of the year for USC. And captains on the team, too. So it's not not like we're just talking about some, you know, rinky-dink uh, late-round draft pick. We're talking about premier guys on the USC offense that were lost. His left, uh, his left guard as well, too, Damian Mama, who had 30 starts on him. Darius Rogers, the wide receiver. Juju Smith-Schuster, who was a premier wide receiver. And uh, now, of course, having great success in Pittsburgh. And they lost great defensive uh, players as well, too. The, the first-round pick, Dory Jackson, and uh, some of the great uh, linebackers that played at USC. So, overall, the team as a whole lost talent and losing defensemen affects offense too. The Broncos should know that. I mean, when you have one air, one uh, per se department, one area, the offense or defense, when it loses a lot of talent and isn't playing as well, it pulls away from the other side, just as much as the offense pulled away from the defense for the Denver Broncos in 2017. So it's a big effect. Uh, his year this year, though, overall, you look at the numbers and they're very good. Uh, he threw, you know, the, the big status completion percentage, and we'll get to also first downs as well, too, because that's a big thing, too. And third down and where you make your money as a quarterback in the NFL, he threw for better than 60% in nine of the 14 games he played this year. That's this year for Sam Darnold, at least. And and it was a very good year for Darnold overall. You know, I know his numbers took a step back, but you look at the competition he played, and he played some very good competition. Some very good defenses as well, too. Eight of the 14 games he had, better than 300 yards. Uh, however, he did, he did turn the ball over in 
not uh, not boom bust type games. He was generally good for a, a pick a game. He only had four only four of the fourteen games he played this year. He went without a pick, a interception. So certainly that was a bug of his. Now he never threw three interceptions in a game this year. So there were a bunch of pick here, pick there, uh, kind of lingering around. He did not get a lot of help from his wide receivers as they dropped passes all year long. And I also like to look at when it comes to the quarterback success, uh, talking about those first downs passing, you know, can you move the sticks as a quarterback? And that's exactly what Sam Darnold did. 192 first downs passing. That was good enough for sixth in college football this year. Now, Darnold was also accompanied by a rushing attack that ranked 33rd in the uh, in the FBS, which is not bad. It could be better, but Ronald, Ronald Jones as well, a very good running back. And that's where Sam Darnold... I think really starts to those, those last two mentioned things there, the first down and the rushing attack, the rushing attack was solid, but it wasn't dominant by any means. And yet the USC offense still ranked in the top half of the majority of all the statistics that you want to be ranked in the top half in. And he moved the sticks on first down to the tune of a top six in college football. So where Darnold certainly sits is going to be important. Now, I think ideally because you look at his age and you say, okay, you want Darnold to sit behind a veteran quarterback. And I think his, his most ideal situation out of the realistic picks is to sit behind a guy like an Eli Manning for maybe a year in New York who owns the second pick and then come out get like gangbusters because of his such young raw uh, age and and lack of experience. But he is a two year starter in college football. Now that being said, we've seen young quarterbacks like uh, Matthew Stafford come out, and he has certainly made a career of it. And then we've also seen young quarterbacks like Tommy Maddox come out, and well, you know how that went. So it is going to be interesting to see where he fits as far as Denver goes Denver I mentioned this earlier Denver will have to trade up they will have to trade up to get a guy like Sam Darnold it would be shocking to see him drop now you could see the combine either expose something that may get Darnold dropping or because there's a lot of good quarterbacks in this year's draft you could see them propel themselves up over Darnold Talking about Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, and then, of course, many who believe right now is the gem in Josh Rosen. And we will have future podcasts, at least I will, um, talking about these individual players and how they fit with Denver. Because I do believe you need experience surrounding Darnold to have success, at least immediately because of that raw inexperience. And a good offensive mind to help Darnold along. You know, this is not a situation where you just want to throw him to the wolves and just say, hey, go get him, kid. Because then you may develop flaws that could really hurt him in the future. So it will certainly be quite the follow to uh, see where a guy like a Darnold goes. But an attack of getting a guy in free agency 
and certainly not a high level guy like a Kirk Cousins. And it's probably highly doubtable that a, a guy like Alex Smith would be traded to Denver, unless Kansas City is that dumb. And then again, a guy like a Sam Darnold, because you're probably going to have to give up assets to acquire Darnold as the fifth pick is just not high enough. So certainly we'll see how this plays out. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K radio. That's at Ronnie K radio on Twitter. Be sure to follow for uh, all kinds of fun things. As far as future draft picks, I will do individual podcasts for each of the different quarterbacks, whether it be Josh Rosen, uh, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen from Wyoming, and then, of course, this one at USC with Sam Darnold, who uh, has been uh, highly viewed by many. And I want to talk to a guy who uh, has followed this guy. Joining me on the Broncos Blitz podcast now, Nick Martin. He's a writer for Behind the Steel Curtain. Now, uh, of course, you can follow him on Twitter. He is a draft Analyst enthusiast. That's what we're, we're going to call you, Nick. Welcome. <laughs> well, hey, thanks for having me on the show, Ronnie. Yeah, you can follow him on Twitter at the Mick Narton. You've uh, flipped around the N and the M to keep everybody on your toes, I see. Yeah, there's a, there's, there's, it's a little bit of an alias, I yes. guess, if you could say. <laughs> All righty. Well, hey, Nick, let's talk Sam Darnold. What are, let's talk some of the pros and cons, because you have watched a lot of tape on Sam Darnold. You have seen some of the flaws, but also some of the good in this yep. young quarterback from USC. Let's start with the pros. Okay. If I was to talk about the pros, obviously we're going to talk about his natural playmaking instinct and how he can feel, how he can feel and avoid pressure. Like he has a, he just has a special feel for being able to get out of, out of chaos. Like he almost thrives better in chaos than he does in, than he does um, thriving in um, in a non like you know chaotic situation. Sure, on on the fly type playmaking. Yes, he's he's very very adept at throwing on on the run. He's got really good placement when throwing on the run. Honestly, I think some of his mechanics are actually better when he's off-platform than when he's like when he's when he's throwing from a moving platform, sure, as opposed to the pocket at times. And I think a lot of what doesn't get talked about with Arnold, one of his biggest pros, is uh, his anticipation. Has a good knack for um, mm. anticipating when receivers are going to break open, Throw, throwing guys open. Yes. Okay. Let's let's talk a little bit about the cons, though, because they, uh, obviously none of these quarterbacks coming out are going to be perfect prospects. Although many believe that Sam Darnold is pretty darn close to one. What are some of the things that you are seeing in Sam Darnold that may make you think twice if you are drafting him, potentially a five if you're uh, the Broncos? Well, I don't know if he'll get there. The Broncos. <laughs> we talked about that earlier in the podcast. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to get there. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to get there because I think Cleveland might might fall in love with him. Sure, but, but if there uh, are pro or cons, what what are the cons we're looking at? I'd, I'd say I'd say the cons. It all has to stem with his mechanics, not just in his throwing motion. In fact, some of his throwing motion he worked a little bit on, and he sped it up a little bit in the season. But he still has some problems, particularly his backswing. He's got a little bit of a elongated. It's a little bit elongated on mm. the back end. Interesting. That gets talked about a lot, but what, 
what's become a very popular topic now is his feet. Because at times, his feet can be all over the place. And a lot of times, they aren't tied to his eyes. And the ball ends up either losing velocity because he can't, you know, get his hips coming through the throw. Sure. Or the place, you know, you can just see, like, the throws, like, inaccurate behind the receiver. At times, it affects his placement, his accuracy. And sometimes it doesn't, you know. With people will talk about this with Josh Rosen all the time. It's like his feet are always tied to his eyes. But when you look at Sam Donald's tape, his feet can be almost erratic at times. And it, it, it gives you a lot of pause because it can affect his accuracy. And one of the reasons it, it's giving me pause is because it's not necessarily like his arm is the greatest I've ever seen. Sure. It, remi- it reminds me a lot of Jameis Winston's uh, flaws because okay. Winston had a lot of the same problems he did. And um, Donald doesn't have as strong of an arm. And that's that's a bit concerning to me because that's, you know, it's allowed Winston to overcome a lot of his, <laughs> a lot of his flaws. Yeah. But I don't know if Donald will be able to do the same which is why I think he'd really benefit from a from a year like at least one year on the bench, like learning from a guy. Like even if it's like Case Keenum or someone like that. At least some sort of do, veteran presence. It would do him a lot of benefit because okay. I don't him starting. I think would just be a disaster from for year one you know and it's interesting you bring up the foundation because that's been something i've been kind of keying in on lately with darnold because particularly watching some of his later games in the season colorado ucla uh stanford and i know these were wins but uh, these were games where it seemed like every single time i i was taking a peek at his feet they were either way too wide and his foundation was thrown up, but kind of like what you were saying is not matching the eyes. So that's certainly a interesting point of topic and something we are going to look at. We're speaking with the Mick Narton. He is Nick Martin. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at the Mick Narton. Of course, he is a draft enthusiast. Uh, I want to speak a little quickly about this hitch in the delivery, because this has been a popular topic that many have been talking about. How bad is this? Um, It's, I, I remember, um, I don't, I can't exactly give you, like, you know, like, compare it with, like, other quarterbacks that had this problem. Sure. But I remember that Sports Science had a segment with him once, and his release, um, his release in, uh, in uh, the year, his uh, freshman season was, like, 4.45 seconds, which was, a, which was below like the stand, sure. you know, the standard, which is point four. When he came into the studio um, for this year, he had like a point three nine. But I doubt it's been consistent, with, like throughout his entire season. Sure, you know, bad habits, for, you know, will always come back up. It's hard to get muscle memory. Out yeah, absolutely. How do you got to train it? So, you know, a lot of times that that affects timing of the throw of like you know rocks and stuff like that you're throwing with that you know longer motion you know you have to throw you have to when you're throwing it 
gives defenders, you know, much easier, you know, oh, absolutely. time to break on the throw. Well, and, and, point, and point two at the arm is, you know, a full second, uh, you know, at the, uh, the point of attack when it comes to wide receivers and, and corners, too. Yeah. Like, when you, when you watch, like, you wouldn't think it would make that much of a difference, but in the NFL, defenders are faster. It's a big deal. And it's, and it's much it's much harder to be able to get away with that stuff. That's why yeah. a lot of you know quarterbacks in the NFL they have really good they have really good throwing motions. Alex Smith is one of the one of the few who doesn't. <laughs> well, it is certainly going to be interesting to watch where uh, Darnold what how Darnold does at least as we go through the motions as we get closer and closer to the draft. Last question for you. Uh, speaking with Nick Martin, you can follow him on Twitter, the Mick Narton. Uh, 2016, 2017, two drastically different years for Darnold. Now, overall, the years were actually not too shabby, but in 2017, he had a dip in the completion percentage. He threw less touchdowns, threw more interceptions, uh, and that was just certainly on more attempts. Now, of course, USC lost a ton of talent, though, and we're talking about uh, uh, just off the top of my head, Zach Banner, Chad Wheeler, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um how much of that is because of that? Simply the loss of offense, and is that a pro or a con looking at um, uh, uh, Sam Darnold because he needed a lot of talent all around him on offense to look good? Is that a is that a good or a bad thing? Um, what I'd have to what I'd have to say about that is, and it's, this is actually a true thing, is um, you know, I've I saw plenty of this film from the year before. Sure. And I noticed that there were a lot of dropped intercept. There were a lot of dropped interceptions at times, and he had reckless decision making that he, you know, that he got away with. Sure, twenty seventeen, he only had four games where he did not throw a pick. Four out of the fourteen. Yeah, and and in two thousand seventeen, he still he still probably could have honestly thrown like five more interceptions just from that season alone, and it speaks a lot to you know like his decision making. I don't think it's as reflective on the loss of talent, but I think it is slightly because I think his receivers, they, they did a really good job of being able to catch, you know, passes. I didn't see a lot of drops from his wide receivers. You know, his O-line was definitely not as good as the year before. Sure. I'll yeah. say that. You lost yeah, a couple All-Americans. Yeah. I don't. I don't think his offensive line was as was as good. And you definitely saw that in the Ohio State game, and that team was like that was like it felt like it was a high school team playing like a Pop Warner team or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, it's it was totally outmatched. And you know, just watching USC, they're ta- they're talented. Donald is extremely talented, but he's he's got some decision making that will get him in trouble on the NFL. We've been talking a lot about Darnold, and it seems like a lot of this conversation is more negative than positive. So I tell you what, Nick, I'm going to put the GM hat on you. You have the number one pick overall in the draft, and you have to select a quarterback. Is Darnold the guy, or is it somebody else in this draft? Um, For me personally, I would probably go with Josh Rosen because I think He's the safer option on the field. Okay. Although Josh Rosen has some, you know, he has some 
things that will, you know, give you pause too. If it's like, you know, you got to keep them clean. You got to make sure you have a good offensive line. These are all things to consider. As long as I just put my GM hat on, I have to look at my situation and you know, say to myself, like, who best fits my situation? Do I have a quarterback I can play for a year and let this guy sit on the bench for a year and let him develop? That, that's do I need a do I need a leader to inspire guys? Sure. To get a guy like Baker Mayfield. Those are all things I just I have to look at. But if you're going from a pure on the field evaluation, Josh Rosen's definitely number one in my mind. Is the most ideal situation for a guy like Sam Darnold to sit behind an Eli Manning and those Giants who sit number two in the draft and, and potentially a year there, assuming Manning comes back? Is that the most ideal situation for Darnold himself? I, I think that would be a great situation sure. for Sam Darnold because it would give him time behind a behind a veteran quarterback who it who is very like he will teach the young guys is you know he taught guys like Dave you know he still gives pointers to guys like Davis Webb and you know I think Donald would is that type of dude who would soak up that information one thing you need to one thing I really like about Donald is he's got high intangibles you know he's good you know he's good character high work ethic, you know, he's going to work for everything he gets. So I think that'd be a great situation for him. And he's definitely the guy, like, if you if you want someone to sit for a year and you feel like he, he'd turn out all right, I think Darnold's probably your best guy to do in that situation. All right. And then lastly, you can, of course, follow Nick Martin on Twitter at the Martin. You have mentioned Josh Rosen purely on the field. Josh Rosen as the number one guy. I also see on your Twitter bio that you have leader of the Baker Mayfield hive. Uh, does that mean Baker Mayfield is number two on your board and Darnold is three or am I incorrect? Here's the, here's the thing. Baker, Baker Mayfield, I was I was a big fan of for a long for a long time, and I'm glad to see that he's improved every single year. And I'm I'm the founder because I was a I was a huge fan before a lot of people are, but um, I don't really think I was the fir- I was the first one, but you know, just always just putting it there. Of course, um, he definitely is probably the favorite to be my number two because I think he do- I think he has a lot more pop positives with Darnold than than uh, Darnold and he has less risk at the same time. Sure. I also think you're getting, you know, a quarterback who has just special leadership traits. Like I I know that sounds a little a little like, you know, crazy. It's like, oh, you draft for on field play. Yes. You do that, but you also need a guy who can inspire, you know, the, the players around him oh, to play. Absolutely. Better. Yeah, I'd run through a wall for Baker Mayfield. Yes, and I'm sitting on my couch. <laughs> he's like he's one of the he's one of the best leaders. He's definitely you know he's definitely pol- you know polarizing depending on you know some people are thinking he's Johnny Manziel. I don't I don't buy that for one second. 
Interesting yep. stuff. Interesting stuff. All right. You can follow him on Twitter at the Mick Martin. He is Nick Martin. Thank, uh, thank you so much for joining us, man. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, we'll be sure to look for your stuff coming up here on Twitter and all that good stuff. All right. Thank you for me on. All right. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. To listen to previous episodes of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit milehighsports.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.